Welcome to the 1128 Do Life Different podcast. My name is Mike Francisco, and I'm the lead pastor at 1128 Community Church here in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Ryan Littlefield. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing well today. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for asking. Ryan is our uh, kids and family director here at the church. Uh, Ryan, what exactly does that mean in your in your mind, kids and family director? Uh, just making sure everything's organized on Sunday mornings for the kids so that they can continue to learn about Jesus and grow to be more like him and to be supporting parents with um, just helping them raise their kids in a good godly way. Awesome. And beyond that, uh, Ryan has uh, how much school? You've been working towards a an MDiv? Yeah, uh, M-A-T-S. It's a Master of Theological Studies. Yes. Uh, because it was the one that I could do at distance. I've finished all the coursework for that. I just have to actually re-enroll and then do the capstone because uh, COVID kind of, the whole lockdown sort of knocked me off my momentum yeah, for that. knocked a lot of us off our yeah. momentum for sure. So you're working on that. And then you also have a full-time job. Yes. Where you're supporting families in Milwaukee County, correct? What yes. does that look like? Uh, so I have been a community service provider for the Milwaukee Center for Independence for almost uh, four years now. And what that means is that when somebody has difficulty, either they are at risk of losing their children or they have lost their children or they've recently received their children back and the county or... Um, Children's Hospital of Wisconsin, whoever it might be that's the payer, wants to make sure that that person doesn't get involved in the law again with CPS, they pass off these cases to us. They ask us to come in and just uh, provide parental parental support with things like just training parents on how best to to utilize discipline and to build that in their homes, how to build self-worth, self-respect in their children, how to focus on rest for themselves, a lot of factors like that. And so I get to work with parents and work with their kids, uh, sometimes for as short as three weeks, sometimes for as long as I've got clients that I've had since 2020 now, uh, just wow. continuing and supporting them even though they've technically completed the program. Wow. So all that to say, Ryan is a people person. Yep. Uh, he loves families, loves little people, loves old people. He's a caring soul, uh, and he loves his his fair share of fast food as well. And he's very qualified to uh, to be on this podcast and to share all kinds of insights that you and I are not thinking about right now. Uh, Ryan, we didn't touch on your family. You want to just give us a quick overview of uh, who goes with you? Sure. Uh, or who I've you married, go with, maybe? I've been married to my wife, Sherea, for about 11 years now, 11 and a half. Uh, and I have a nearly six-year... Nearly six-year-old? Yeah, nearly six-year-old son <laughs> named Charlie and a nearly four-year-old daughter named Shoshana. Awesome. And uh, and so today, uh, our resident theologian, we'll call him, uh, Ryan and I, we're going to talk about uh, Paul, because this summer we're, we're doing a series called Postcards from Paul. Uh, this series is uh, kind of playing off the, the old summer camp uh, vacationing mindset of uh, sending people, sending friends and family postcards when you're away. Um, I always remember like 
getting postcards in the mail from my grandparents or extended family when they'd go visit great places that I wasn't visiting. Um, I don't remember sending postcards myself when I was at camp. I, I don't remember even doing summer camp, actually. I, did you have experience with summer camp and postcards and anything like that? No, uh, I think even as a kid, I was kind of an indoor kid, and I would not, I didn't do summer camp. I didn't care for that. But every year, my family would go to uh, back to New Jersey, where we're from, and I would spend probably about three weeks, two weeks, three weeks with my grandparents out there. And a couple times, I tried writing letters and tried to get letters going back and forth between myself and, and friends in Wisconsin. And usually, uh, after sending one or after receiving one, one of us or the other would just quit. And it, <laughs> it never really kept going. That's how it always seems to go. Yep. So that's what we're doing this summer. Is, uh, we're, we're taking that, that summer idea of sending postcards, sending letters, uh, and we're looking at the, the letters that Paul uh, the, one of the, one of the most prolific writers in all of Scripture, but definitely in the New Testament, um, the letters that he wrote to the church and to his friends. And so, uh, Ryan, like when we think about Paul, what are what are the the things that we should know about him in your mind? So I think one of the things that we should know about Paul, one of the first things that everybody talks about is how he starts in the Bible narrative as Saul. And then he has this moment when he is called by God, when he's heading down the road to Damascus, and he has this very transformative experience. And then after that, you know, we eventually see him later as Paul. Um, But this transformative experience where he went from being somebody who hated and hunted Christians to somebody who is a leader within the church. And uh, I know when I was at college, there were a lot of people that had these really called out of sin moments, and they really identified with Paul. And a friend of mine struggled with the fact that he was called out of drugs, alcohol, everything, felt really called to ministry, and then was having a hard time getting started in ministry because Mm. the church didn't necessarily trust him right away. Well, the same was true with Paul. They didn't trust him right away. And in fact, there's this moment in in acts that we we rarely notice with Paul that he was gone off the scene for like 15 years mm-hmm. learning how to be a Christian instead of just a really well uh very learned Jewish person and so those 15 years that exist between when we're called and when we sometimes arrive in ministry I think if we knew more about that and rested in that better we would be less impatient as Christians now yeah. No, that's a that's a great insight there. One that I hadn't considered, but I like your your reading and and take on that. Um, why why was Paul hunting Christians? I think that's a question a lot of people ask. Sure, it's if anybody's grown up in the church, they kind of know Saul became Paul, Saul hunter of Christians, Paul the the guy that was on a missionary ex- a journey to to preach the gospel. Yeah. Why Why was Saul a hunter of Christians? So very serious about their faith back then. Saul was, was definitely on track to become a Pharisee, to become like a leader of the Pharisees. This is a guy that would have been at the top of the pile. And so for his own political career, I think he was, he was his political career, religious career, sort of making his bones by hunting down these heresies and showing how devout he was by how hard he was going to stomp out people that he didn't see as yeah. devout. Yeah. And Christianity provided him uh, a real opportunity in that. Yeah, and that's why when he had this transformation, it was it was so significant. It wasn't just a small thing. It wasn't a random guy uh, on the side of the road that had this experience. It was, it was a guy that had a experience 
that, that changed the course of a lot of people's histories. Uh, let's talk quickly. Why was Paul writing letters to churches? Like, what was his, his motivation? What was his heart? What were some of the things that he was trying to convey there? I mean, these were churches that he had been part of founding, that other people that he knew had been part of founding, and just Paul was very theologically strong. He was very philosophically strong, and I think he was continuing to just give equipment and encouragement to these churches that were in places where they were finding quite a bit of persecution, quite a few struggles, whether those were internal or external. Mm -hmm. And Paul just kind of took it upon himself as a leader in that early church, one that had worked with these people to continue to build them up. Because from my time as a pastor, it's very easy to become discouraged when you're trying to lead a group of people. And I think we could all use a Paul that can come along yeah. and just drop some wisdom and encouragement, tell you, you know, <laughs> Timothy says, hi, this person says hello, and just kind of remind you that you're part of something bigger than than just what you're doing in your town. Yeah. And now the other day, just in getting ready for our conversation, uh, I sent you some bullet points. Yeah. And you said, okay, cool. And you sent me a meme. Yes. Uh you want to share that meme? Because that kind of really sums up like what, what Paul was trying yeah. to, to communicate. The, it was a meme that I had seen literally the day before you sent me the bullet points. And so as soon as you mentioned the, the letters of Paul, I was like, oh, man, and I love memes. I love a good meme. I miss Vine. And this meme... <laughs> Vine. This, I haven't thought about that in a while. This meme said, uh, epistle outline, grace, I thank God whenever I remember you, hold fast to the gospel, for the love of everything holy, stop being stupid. <laughs> Timothy says hi. And a lot of the, the very good joke in there is that a lot of Paul's letters follow that structure. Mm-hmm. I'm encouraging you. You know, I, I'm grateful to know you. Please stop doing these things you shouldn't do. Yeah. And these other brothers are praying for you and, and hoping for you as well. Yeah. Do you have a favorite letter from Paul? I I think Galatians is always going to be my favorite. Okay. I know a lot of people are into Ephesians and, and various others, but uh, I have two stories in Galatians, and one of them is all the way back when I was at New Tribes Bible Institute, now it's Ethnos 360. We had an exam on Galatians, and the front half was all true or false, and the back half was fill in the blank. And the professor had been very adamant that he just wanted us to remember the main theme of Galatians. And we start taking this test, and I'm going down the line. I write true for the first one, true for the second one. Then I'm sweating a little bit as it's true (laughs) for the third one. I'm freaking out as I write true for the fourth one. And so I thought, okay, I'll take a break. I'm going to go fill in the the blanks on the back. And the first blank is the word consistent, and the second one is consistently, and the third one is consistency. And then it dawns on me that the theme that he always wanted us to understand from Galatians was to be consistent with the truth. Hmm. And once I realized that... I recognized that the true or false answers on the front were all true, and the word in the blanks on the back every single time was consistency, consistent, consistently, and it really hammered it home for me in a way that I was never able to forget that that was the purpose. So I loved that test for that fact. And then uh, years later, when I was in my first church position as the youth director uh, at a church in Brookfield, Wisconsin... Uh, I had a student, we were teaching through Galatians, and we got to a point about how the only thing that matters is the truth expressing itself in love, the truth being expressed in love. And this fringe student that I kept trying to get her to care about church, and she did through the relationship that she had with me and my wife, 
but some of her friends were kind of pushing her out and she had never really grown up in the church. She was so struck by that message that I remember we had good conversations out of it and she even changed her Facebook status Mm -hmm. to reflect that out of Galatians. And so I think Galatians has become my favorite simply because of those amazing experiences I've had with it. Okay. Now, one thing we notice just as we read all of Paul, uh, and he even kind of says it, is he's become all things, right? He, he, yeah. he communicates with different groups of people in different ways to communicate the same thing, the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Um, why... Why is that so important? Why does that stand out? Why does he feel the need to to tell us that? Well, I think, you know, when we look at it historically, that, that Jewish people would focus on approaching the Jews through Jewish culture, and he would stick to, you'd stick to all the Jewish rules in order to impact your Jewish audience. But Paul was given something bigger than that. He was also sent to the Gentiles, and he was sent to all these disparate people across the ancient Near East, And so in order to connect with them through their cultures, he was willing to become whatever he needed to be beyond just being a Jewish man. He was willing to meet them in their cultures. We see that in in Mars Hill Mm -hmm. when he's talking to them through the context of their their Greek polytheism. Uh, And I think the, the relevance that that has for us today is that there's no really one set Christian culture that we should get locked into, that this is the one way that we should be doing things. You know, we can dare to do life differently and mm-hmm. we can we can reach people differently if we're willing to express the same truth but through a different lens. Yeah. Yeah, and you really you've kind of led into this next question. It's almost like we planned it. Um because we are a church that says we want to help people do life different. Yeah. Uh, and and it would be really easy to get sucked into these the standard practices or methods if you will. Um, to reach people and connect with people that that don't have a church home, the problem would probably be they don't have a church home because they're not interested in the the methods that are already widely available around here. Uh, so for the church, what does it mean for us to adapt and maybe take on different methods uh, to to reach and connect with people that are far from God today? I mean. So I, when I grew up, I grew up in New Jersey going to a New Monmouth Baptist church in Monmouth County, and it's an awesome church. And then we came out here, we started going to Layton Avenue Baptist Church, we started going to Pilgrim Baptist Church, and then even my first job, I was at a Baptist church in Brookfield. Mm-hmm. And you saw this this same direction. Everything was within the brick-and-mortar church. People brought their food. You know, you'd have 12 different potato salads because everybody <laughs> would bring the same potato right. salad thing. Uh, but then it was Suits on Sunday, you're going to sing these specific songs, and it really only appealed to a specific set of people. And I think as you look at doing life differently, you know, one of the first things that we encountered at an old church that I was at when we grew out of being Baptist was letting go of this idea of uh, what someone looking acceptable on Sunday was like, letting go of the idea of collared shirts and dresses and instead saying, you know, that people could could come to the church however they felt comfortable expressing themselves through how they dressed. 
but then even beyond that, you know, it's not enough just to welcome different kinds of people into your church because there's plenty that would never set foot in a church. Right. So you need to get out into these third spaces, into places that the culture, the the people already are, and meet them there. And that's honestly also what Paul did. I mean, he wasn't showing up in existing churches. They were making churches in places that there weren't any. Right. And so when we think about doing life differently, I think it's about doing church differently within our walls, but then also not stopping within our walls and chasing the culture outside of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good thought. Last question, uh, because we know Paul has a lot to say. Uh, he's got he's got some encouraging things to say. He's also got some very like hard things, <laughs> you know, things that maybe we don't even want to hear at times that he shares. Uh, if Paul were walking around today, visiting churches, writing letters to churches, what do you think he would say? <laughs> um, <laughs> there was that pause and that yeah. breath and that laugh, like, oh man. <laughs> I, I think there's a, a couple things that I would note. Paul is, everything that I learned in school, they pointed to Paul being a very choleric type, and I always respected that, that he gets very fired up. He's very... Uh, it doesn't mince words a lot of the time when he sees a church doing something that it shouldn't. So I think if the the kindest thing that I think he would say to a lot of churches is what was taking them so long hmm. to reach people that were that were lost. Where where did our sense of urgency go? Why aren't we getting out there and finding these people and and seeking and saving the lost? Why are we sitting back in our in our little bastions of Christianity and just waiting for them to come to us? Hmm. I think he would be shocked at how deactivated and de-energized the American church has become. Hmm. Well, that's uh, that's certainly, I think, going to come out in a hard-to-hear manner. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so hopefully uh, this series, uh, Postcards from Paul, is one of encouragement for our church this summer, as well as one that uh, challenges us to, to not sit back yeah. and wait, to, but to be out there on the front lines. Uh, you're always welcome to join us at 1128 Community on Sundays. Uh, we meet at 10 a.m. at the Oak Creek Community Center on Howell, uh, right in the same parking lot as the high school. Would love to have you if you're local. If you're not local, you can always check us out on our website, 1128community.org. Uh, we, have, we have messages that are on demand. You can watch there. We also have some virtual group options, too, if you want to connect that way. Uh, Ryan, thanks for being with me today. Uh, thanks for, for everyone me. else. Uh, we'll catch you again real soon. Bye.